Do you and I realize that we are in a battle every day? Not just a battle to survive or to make our life work right, but a battle for the lives and souls of men and women. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with The Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second of three podcasts on the topic of the importance of investing in things that matter for eternity. Our speaker is Dr. Richard Spann. Dr. Spann was the ministry director for the Kansas Communities Ministry for some 26 years and is a retired pulmonary physician. This podcast is from a talk Richard gave at a conference in January 2018. On today's podcast, Richard shares some insights as to the importance of realizing we are in a battle and how we can be faithful in that understanding. 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 6 says, Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Now let me stop right there. Um... I think it's hard to realize that we are in a battle, and we really are in a battle. I'm reminded of the story of a paratrooper by the name of John Steele. You may not remember that name, but how many of you have watched The Longest Day, Normandy, Invasion? <coughs> Don't you remember this guy's story? This is a mortar, um, mortar company, mm-hmm. and uh, 82nd Airborne. About five hours before the D-Day landing, the paratroopers landed, and some of them lived right on this town, St. Mary Gleese. Uh, one of them was struggling to get loose, cut himself loose, but just as he did, another individual lit, uh, and his canopy caught on a gargoyle by the steeple, and there he hung. And there he hung for several hours, trying to get himself loose. Uh, and two German soldiers, a Rudolf May and a Heinz Jakob, came and freed him, took him prisoner. <coughs> he had a flak injury in his foot, <coughs> took him to a local hospital. They <coughs> repaired that foot enough to where he could walk. He escaped a day or two later, found the Allied lines, later on was involved with the war effort in Belgium, Battle of the Bulge, and on into Germany. Uh, there's a There's a mannequin of him up on the church, if you'd go there today, kind of hanging with a parachute, uh, still there. It's a pretty little area, pretty little square. On one side, a lot of shops opposite, some some shops. Now, he went right back to the army. What if, while he was hanging there, he thought, this is a nice town. I think if I get loose, I might I might come back here. Rather than report to the Allied lines, I might kind of work in that pastry shop down there. It's kind of a quiet place to work. And settle down there, see us in gardens over there. That's, that's what it would be to get involved in civilian affairs. Uh, he went back to the Army. It's so easy to get involved in things that really don't matter, that are civilian affairs. All around us, I think, and it's hard to realize in our day-to-day lives, we're in a battle. Souls are being won. Souls are being lost. Are we a part of that battle, or are we involved primarily in civilian affairs? I remember a, a patient that I shared a little bit of the gospel with for some years. She never really did accept that. She gradually went to one of my partners to follow her for uh, a number of years, and I saw her in the hospital shortly before her death. And I remember leaning over her bed, 
Yeah, I didn't know if she'd recognize me or not, but I leaned over her bed and said, Celia, do you remember who I am? She says, yes, I remember you. And then she asked this question, do you know who I am? And before I could answer, she said, I'm just another lost soul. And that statement has haunted me since that time. Just another lost soul. In Joel, it says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. So all around us, we have people who are in the valley of decision. And I think as we, you know, how we spend our time, we need to remember that we are in the battle. And I think as you turn that over, um, looking at C, the correct use of resources and opportunities during our allotted time. Uh, the Lord says that even a cup of cold water will be remembered. Even a cup of cold water will see the reward. We have an opportunity to do much more than that with our, our finances, with our time. We can provide help not only to the local church, but the widespread missionary work, a number of organizations, uh, Samaritan's Purse, uh, World Vision, uh, World Impact, a local one there in Wichita, Navigators. There are a number of organizations who are impacting the world. Are we are we using our resources in a way that would make a difference uh, in eternal dwellings? Um, not only our, our resources, but our time. Because I, I think when we are there in the presence of the king at the, the wedding supper of the Lamb, I think there are people who will come up to us and say, the money that you invested make a difference in my life in Africa, Asia, India. Your amount of time that you spent with me, your contribution made a difference to my being here uh, at this wedding supper. And I remember a wedding that my wife and I went to a few years ago. It was very interesting. I mean, a typical wedding. And uh, then we went at the... Uh, reception is a different location in town and they were getting ready for the dance and as they started the dance the the um i guess it would be the bride's father stood up and said i would like to introduce a couple in the back uh and he had them stand up because without their influence there would be no wedding without their uh impact in the lives of these people without their investment of time uh, spiritually, there would be no winning. And I think the Lord uh, may do that for us when we are with Him at the wedding supper of the Lamb. May He let us see the people whose lives uh, we have impacted. And in Matthew 6, 19-21, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We can guard our heart where we put our treasure. We have a choice. We can store it up uh, where it can do some good, or we can store it up where it lays flat and simply accumulates. I have heard it be said that the words store up are different. If we store up treasures in heaven, that word store up means to store it up vertically, put it to use. To store it up on earth, that's a different Greek word, I'm told, where we store it up horizontally. 
stored up horizontally is simply to accumulate it. Two different words. And then third, to discover how Jesus used time. Um, and I think this was really significant in my life at one point. Uh, I had a, a practice where I would um, take off about an hour right after lunchtime uh, or right after lunch. And I would go swimming down at the Shocker uh, Pool, which was only about two miles from where I worked. I would swim for about an hour, and I felt that was really important for me to do. And I'd go back and have my afternoon uh, patience and, and other commitments that I would have. And one day I was, I was going along the Bible, and I'd read that. And I remember sitting down by one or two other people, and there were some kind of lawn chairs there after I swam, and I pulled up the Bible, and uh, I was reading in Timothy, and I opened that to First uh, Timothy 4.8, first verse I read after I swam. It said, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I thought, wow, that's no coincidence that God would lay that verse on my heart right then. And so I began to look at rather than my choice of how to spend that time, and I have nothing against swimming, I love to swim, or physical training for that matter. But I think the Lord was directing me to a more important use of my time. So I began to look at how he used his time, and I found two things. One was a priority was time with the Father in Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And the second was, he came to be involved with people, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So I thought, okay, I'm going to spend that hour, and I'm just going to spend that with the Lord. I'm going to look at his word and pray. And so I began to do that. Instead of swimming, I would sit in the office, and I would read, pray. And after this went on for a few weeks to a month or so, the Lord said, you know, you can do that with me elsewhere during the day. Why don't you begin spending that with people? And so I thought, well, who's lost around here? Where do I go that's lost? And I had uh, patients back over in the hospital. I thought, well, I'll begin with them. So I began going back over and spending that hour, in addition to normal rounds, I'd go back and just visit with them, spend some time with them, get to know them. And one, one, uh, early on, one young man was Bob. He was in his late 20s. He had, had an X-ray abnormality in his chest. Didn't really want to talk about it much. Was very frightened. His wife, Nancy, and uh, Bob had a young daughter, about two years of age. Very concerned about her. He knew he had a bad illness, uh, and, and it turned out to be a cancer. And it was a type of cancer that already involved the area between the two lungs, so we really couldn't remove it. We began using some radiation, so he was in and out of the hospital for a while, and each afternoon, I would go over and kind of spend some time with him, visit, get to know him. Gradually, he was at a point where maybe he could spend a little bit of time looking at that. Uh, as his disease worsened, I'd ask him, Bob, is there anything you'd like to do? He said, I'd love to go fishing. I've never been fishing. Dad had never taken him fishing. So at that time, he got out of the hospital. He was, he was kind of symptom-free for a couple of weeks. And um, this was years ago, but one of my patients was a superintendent of the County Lakes. 
Now you may in Wichita know the zoo area, and just to the west of the zoo there's a couple of lakes. One on the north side is kind of called Horseshoe Lake, a couple of them over there, and then there's a big one on the uh, south side. Well, my patient, who's the superintendent of County Lakes, had given me a key to those locks. He said, you go in there and fish any time you'd like. They were not open to the public then, and they were full of fish. I remember taking Bob there, and we just had a great, great time fishing. I remember bringing him back home, him showing those fish to his little girl. Such a, such a great time to visit, visit with Bob. So Bob became a friend, and, uh, and fortunately, thankfully to the Lord, a couple months before, he passed away at age 28, uh, he did trust the Lord. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for Bob because had the Lord not shown me how he spent time, I would never have had that opportunity with Bob. Taking that extra time with people the Lord has placed before us, even when it's not convenient, that is what he may be calling you to do today. Join us next time for the third of three podcasts where Richard shares the importance of looking at our lives as totally dependent on Jesus, right here on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.